<laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Best Hour of Their Day. Sorry about that. Fern started off the episode with a little inside joke that no one out there will understand except for the two of us. But those are the best jokes. Speaking of jokes, later on in this episode, that's what we're going to talk about. How do you entertain a class full of CrossFit members? But don't answer that question yet. First, Fern, talk okay. to me about GoWad. I've been using it more than you have, just full disclosure. Well, because I'm a significantly better athlete than you, and you need to do everything you can to keep up with me, so it makes sense. That is wildly inaccurate <laughs> in many, many levels. Um, on my worst day, I'm fitter than you. Do, you. do you believe that? Do you believe these lies you tell yourself? It's fact. Have you ever been to regionals as an individual athlete, Jay? This is reminiscent of Al Bundy. Cassidy, Cassidy's <laughs> rolling his eyes back here. I don't know if you remember back in 2012 when Al beat Ben Smith in a regionals workout. Let, let me ask you this question. Okay, so before the games got wildly, you know, challenging to make and people like you were making it to regionals, do you, do you think those people that made it back I then... I mean, you mean good athletes. You yeah, mean I mean, good okay. athletes with an athletic background. Yeah, people that just could have a, you know, we know it. Fern played Division One basketball. Everybody knows it at this point if you listen to the podcast. But where do you think those athletes are today? Like, if we did a where are they now episode for the old school regional athletes, are they the ones that are still going to sanctionals? Are they ones that make the games? Are they the ones that are doing Zumba because they gave up on CrossFit? Probably a combination of a couple of things. Only like – a fraction are still in it, um, you know, like Ben Smith, and that's just due to like age. Most of them have aged out, you know, are, are probably pushing 40. And then probably a bigger uh, or more significant chunk of them were big fish in a small pond. And as the pond got bigger, they were no longer competitive anymore. So as the sport grows, it starts to weed out the people that were just by default better because they had been doing it. Because back in the day, if you were just doing CrossFit, like you could suck at a lot of things, but if you were just stronger, you had a bigger engine, you could win before the test became a little bit more varied, you know, before movement became a priority, um, you know, and efficiency and all that stuff. So, uh, but I know where I'm at. I'm doing podcasts with, with you, which is a massive downgrade. From, <laughs> from regionals to podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. We, had a, we had a member who was like the fittest at the box at the time or, or one of them. And in 2000, I want to say 10, there were sectionals and regionals. He came in 31st at section, and the top 30 went to the regionals at the time. And he just quit CrossFit. I get it. I mean, that's the mindset of a winner. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, not to mention, I was like, dude, you're going to get put in because they're going to backfill. Because even then, like some people would go to team because there was a team competition at regionals. And he was like, no, I don't want to quit. And he just quit. But anyway... It's tough life. Let's not let's not talk about that. Let's talk about GoWad. So you are do you feel like you're moving better due to GoWad? So I did my specific my end test. So they do an evaluation. The thing I actually like about the evaluation, it's not like a number score. They basically give you a series of pictures. And it's basically like, what do you look like in this series of pictures? And um, I didn't realize how much internal rotation I was lacking. Cause it's at, Probably like a couple of years ago, I was working on it a lot and had like pretty good internal rotation. So when I did my evaluation, like that was my area of focus for my daily 
routines that I put in. So you have a daily routine, you've got pre-wad and post-wad, you put in the movements and then it gives you the tools you're gonna need. So it'll say you need a rubber band, a foam roller and a lacrosse ball or something like that. And um, so I've been working a lot on my internal rotation, like pre and post workout. And my shoulders feel significantly better. Not that they were feeling bad, but they were just feeling like a little achy and stiff kind of. So uh, yeah, it's definitely helped a lot. I can, I can usually tell when I just do an air squat, like how I'm going to feel for the day. And if it feels a little sticky, that means I'm probably not doing what I should, but I've been super happy with it. Like, um, because busy throughout the day, so you can pick your time frame too. So you can pick eight, I think it's like eight, 15 and 22 or they're the, the time blocks that they give you. So if you're on, if you're on like, you know, a short time frame, you can just do eight minutes and it's, you know, it's better than nothing. So yeah, I've liked it a lot. And uh, I like the fact that you can put the movements in that you're going to do for the day too. It's like if you were going to do, you know, med ball clean and uh, I don't know, a, a pull up or something like that, it would give you a series of mo a mobility uh, sequences based on those two movements, not just kind of like random. Yeah. Well, speaking of med ball cleans, so many people hit the 150 med ball cleans and I, we shared a post on our Instagram, but people were actually programming it at their box. So pretty cool that we had that influence on them. And, and the majority of the people afterwards were like, wow, I'm incredibly sore from this workout. So hit your so medicine ball, hit your medicine ball cleans. But like you said, you download the app, you get a mobility test and it's the first thing you do when you, when you get it and you can go back, you can see your progress. You can reevaluate if you have a weakness every day, then you can do a prescribed mobility portion, which you can do three hours before or after. You can even do it on rest days, focusing on improving your specific weakness. So in your case for that internal rotation, and then you get something to do right before and after. And what, what I like most about it is I hate thinking about my workouts. I hate thinking about what I have to do. And that's just, especially when it comes to mobility, it's, it's, it's like, there's so many different op options and, you know, should I do this and grab a band, grab a roller? It's kind of like athletes that show up to an affiliate just to be told what to do for like, if you're busy, if you're an affiliate owner, we all know that like working out becomes secondary and then mobility becomes like number 101 on a hundred of things to do. So that that's, what's been nice for me is I don't have to think about it. I'm like, what should I do? And then come up with this thing. I just literally plug it in. It's got timers in there. It's got pictures on how to do it. There's videos in there. So I just get to turn my brain off for eight to 15 minutes and then do the mobility and then hop in to do, what, do whatever I'm going to do. So. Yeah. Super simple. Download the app free for CrossFit affiliates. Go check it out. The GoWatt app is, is really awesome. It's, it's so robust. I, I'm always impressed by apps these days. I mean, apps are, it's it's a slick app like it's it's like i dig it a lot like the videos are good like it's very user friendly it gives you like the does it look like the bar chart of like where your weaknesses are and where your strengths are so like i have good ankle mobility so that bar is all the way up and then my internal rotations like why do you think you have that why do you think you have such bad internal rotation uh probably from from doing a decent amount of overhead work via whether it be pushing or pulling and doing little to no mobility for months on end at, at times. Back in the day, I mean, do you remember when mobility became a thing? Mm -hmm. When? 
probably like right around 2012. Yeah, when, and, was... that's, and then people went full blown crazy with it where, you know, everybody needed 45 minutes to mobilize before doing, you know, an air squat, which is ridiculous. So there, there's a fine balance there. We're like, you should just be, you should be at a state where you're just ready to move at all times, maybe not optimally, but like you shouldn't need a 30 minute warm up to put an empty barbell overhead. Like that's a problem. Every, every box has that guy or gal, right? Do you have that at Rife? Not real. I mean, with the people that we do have that, like they come in early and they take care of their shit. But do you, you don't, or like at a, at a level one or level two, like you're getting ready to work out. They're like, that's it. That's all we're doing for the warm up. And I'm like, you're not warmed up enough to move an empty bar right now. Like, what you do you need to do? For, you just squatted for 60 minutes. Like how much more warming up do you need? So let, let's dive into today's topic, entertaining. So with CrossFit, we often refer to teaching with three big subcategories, the ability to educate, the ability to inspire, and the ability to entertain. Which to you is most important? This is very much like the gymnastics, monostructural weightlifting, or the efficacy, efficiency, safety that we talk about in the technique lecture. You, you want balance. So think about, we all know a coach who's very technically savvy, who listening to them coaches, like, listen, like listening to fingernails on a chalkboard. It's just really painful. It's dull. I want to poke them in the eye. Uh, and then we've all seen somebody who's on the other side of the spectrum who is super bubbly and happy and has got all the jokes, but doesn't know the difference between their elbow and their asshole. So you, you need a balance of the two of those. And then inspiration is probably a little bit more abstract. That probably more falls along the lines of, you know, lead by example. And then like, I learn how to motivate people and what, and what their intrinsic motivators are. Um, but I, I think you have to have all three. And I think like everything balance is the difference that makes, that makes people great versus good or good versus bad. When you started coaching, if you had to pick one of those, where do you think you excelled? Probably in the inspiration and entertainment, you know, we're yeah. like, I've always been able to connect with people pretty easily and you know, playing athletics my whole life. You know, you just have this kind of innate sense of like how to get people going and stuff like that. But I, you know, I wasn't super technically savvy. You know, I, I've taught a lot of bad classes in my life. Well, and I think, you know, before we dive full blast into entertainment, people often just equate inspiration with like motivational quotes or the guy, you know, screaming in the corner, cheering you on, but inspiration can come from many places, right? It could be the coach that had to work really hard to lose 50 pounds and now he's an inspiration. Or like you said, understanding what people need. Not everybody needs that coach screaming in their face to, to go faster, but they might need, you know, something just to remind them to dig a little bit deeper in that workout. Yeah, so, it might just be something like pick the bar up in three, two, one, because they weren't going to do that. So it doesn't have to be crazy. You know, it's, you're not Rudy. You're not running out in the middle of the floor with a helmet on. You, know, you could, but um, you know, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. So let, let's dive into entertainment. People listening, if they're not great at entertaining or they're not sure what that means, where can we get them started with that? I mean, that's really where this question asked or came from. Someone asked us, like, how, how can we improve 
that entertainment aspect of being a good coach? This is going to sound a little weird, but I think in order to be entertaining, you have to know your athletes, right? So unless you're a stand-up comedian, it's hard to just step up in front of a group of strangers and just make jokes. Some people are good at that. Like some people just have that inherent skill that they've developed throughout their childhood because of whatever reason, because they had to. Like we all know that you're not tall. Right? <laughs> Still. Still to this day. Um, you know, and I, I would imagine, and, and I'm being serious, but I would imagine like as a shorter kid, you have to develop some skill sets in life, which is like I have to learn to kind of defend myself via humor uh, so that people don't pick on me potentially. Like, I don't know if people picked on you or not, but. You know, that's funny. Like, I don't remember ever getting picked on as a kid for being small. I would have definitely um, picked on you. I'm not going to lie. You know, I'm, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure there were moments and, and, and times, but I think by the time I was small, it was like I was already in high school. You know, like, I wasn't that right. small going into that age group. And then all of a sudden you're in high school. And because I was moderately athletic, I overcame that. But, but yeah, there's definitely that. You, you hear about that and you see that like self-defense mechanism and plenty of people that we know, whether it's overweight, they're small, you know, whatever's going on with, with, with the way they look, they've, they've got to become funny to diffuse that. You hear all about that. So yeah, some people have developed that. Some people are just extroverts and it comes, uh, it comes easy to them. But here's what I would tell you, even if that is you, even if you're naturally an extrovert, even if you have developed that mechanism throughout your life, you're still going to struggle to be entertaining if you're not prepared for class. Well, and I, I, I firmly agree with that. And I think part of it that people have to realize is it's not entertaining in the sense of a stand-up comedian. You're not just no. performing jokes. You have to be able to entertain while, like we've said already, educating and inspiring. I think a better way to maybe describe it would be engaging. That's a good word to use there. I like yeah, that. So if I'm engaged with people, that's one-on-one -on -one interaction. So I'm, I'm engaged with, with you about, you know, your home life or with Cassidy about his going back to school because I know those things. That, that's the first step is you have to know something about these people in order to, to engage them to get to the point where, where you can have some sort of entertainment going on. This is where you get to make the jokes and you get to understand that some people have like, you know, a pretty dirty sense of humor and you know that you can make like, for instance, I'll give you a perfect example. Last night I was coaching the, it doesn't matter what class I figured it was even five or 6 PM. We have a member whose house burnt down. And so I was talking to her about it and asking her about how they were situated in the hotel. And she was just kind of having a rough day. And then I was like on the verge of making a joke about, um, she was, Oh, she was telling me how much she hates wall balls. And I was like, well, good news. Wall balls hate you so much that they want to burn your house down. And she laughed <laughs> because I, because I know her and I know she has a very dark sense of humor. She's okay with that joke. And she was like, I totally, that was, that was a great joke. Like she said that she was like, I would prefer that you do that than beat around the bush about it where other people, they would have had a meltdown. So you have to know something about these people in order to be engaging and then have some sort of entertainment. But we both had a, like a good laugh about that, even though her house actually did burn down and it wasn't from doing med ball cleans. Well, and I think that's part of it, right? I know for me in 2006, 2007 as a coach, I didn't have that filter. So 
if I thought a joke was- Are you suggesting that you have now have a filter? This is me with a filter. I was totally lost on that. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, the, the, be it at a level one where I will not use profanity or just a situation like that where you're coaching, you just think about the jokes first and then assess your, your audience. And I think that's something that's important. But I like what you said. It's really about engaging. If you're listening to this and you're a coach, you're like, well, how do I entertain? You don't. You don't, you don't go on Google and search good jokes to tell a, a CrossFit class. You, you figure out how to connect. It's really the presence and attitude aspect of being a good coach. Now, where, where do you think in a class you can maximize that? Uh, everywhere except the specific warm-up and the workout. So you could do it in the whiteboard brief. You could do it in the warm-up. You could do it in the cool-down. If you're looking for three specific blocks where you can be engaging because I'm not complete. And you could even get away with it in the specific warm-up. I'll do that all the time if I'm calling reps of some sort and somebody does something really weird. Um, like yeah, we were doing hang cleans yesterday. I was going through this specific one where we were teaching it and I forget who it was. Somebody was just not on the same sequence and I just made a joke and I'm like, hey, it's Susan's first day at CrossFit. Everybody, meanwhile, she's been here for five years. You know, everybody gets a good joke out of that. Um, so, but typically whiteboard brief, general warm up, cool down because those blocks of time are for interaction versus the specific warm-up i've got you know obviously some very specific things to do like we need to get movement prep ready we need to see and correct movement so my attention is not in entertainment there or engaging it's, it isn't engaging but in a different way um and I know then, I, in the workout it's like you know you can pop a little a couple jokes here and there like occasionally during like mid wad for somebody who's like dying but, and also um, relative to the workout, you're in a 30 minute workout where the athletes' hearts aren't racing for the, you know, middle of Fran, you're not cracking a, a joke. But, you know, occasionally, minutes, occasionally I'll throw something out if it's a 25 minute AMRAP and two right. minutes of the workout, I'll yell, 23 minutes left, everybody. You know, <laughs> you're 115th of the way there. You know? that's, that's funny. But yeah, I agree with you. The whiteboard brief is really. I would say like the whiteboard brief is your time to practice your stand-up. Like you're in front of the room, you got some jokes, let them out. Don't let it take over your whiteboard brief. I agree with you. For me, like the general warm-up, the entertainment aspect might be what the actual general warm-up is. Like that could be entertainment. Is it uh, burpees to Roxanne, right? That's somewhat entertaining. Or bring Sally up. up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, just for me, I love to just, I'll have my phone and maybe have Spotify and flip through some fun <laughs> songs that everybody knows. And you see faces light up when they're like, Oh, I love that Duran Duran song, or I love that Biggie song. Right. So entertainment doesn't have to come from your ability to tell jokes, but it's just, are you keeping the class moving? Are you distracting them for that one hour and making it the best hour of their day? And then yeah, cool down can be, you know, all, all bets out the window. It could be whatever you want. If you want a real easy way to tee up some humor, put any sort of kind of athletic coordination or footwork drills in the general warm up, and just you know, just watch people do it, and you know, pick the people that you know you can make fun of them, and feel free to make fun of them. Do you have any good? Do you have any good warm up drills like that? So there's a couple. If I mean, if you go to just Google 
sprinting warmups. You just find a plethora of just like warmup drills for that stuff. And some of them are actually pretty complex. Um, one of them I, I always think is funny is uh, like the high skips. Yeah. And then watching people do wrong hand, wrong foot. With the punch and it looks like Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's definitely not it. You know? or, you, or you have people do high knees and for whatever reason, they feel like they shouldn't move their hands. And I'm like, just move your arms, move your arms normally, everybody. If you don't, it looks really weird. So, and if it looks weird, I'm going to make fun of you. Well, Cassidy's still in the room with you, right? Yeah, he's, he's looking over your shoulder, essentially. He's looking over my shoulder. So, Cassidy's a big part of the best hour of their day programming. Are we going to be incorporating some of these fun warm-ups into the programming? Yeah, we'll be putting some of that stuff in there. And on, on an entirely separate note, for those haters of people that are like, you know, there's no transverse movement or there's no lateral movement in CrossFit, like that's where you would put those things in, in the general warmups, side skips, ladder drills, you know, stuff like fast feet, slow hands, um, seated running drills, like all these things that are actually working on coordination, accuracy, agility, balance, one legged broad jumps. Like those are all the things that you're going to start to slowly build some, some actual athletic capacity, not fitness capacity. You can do it in the general warmup but you're going to have to slowly drip that on people over months or years effectively uh, in order to do that because they're not technically athletes in the sense they're going to leave that training session and go play a sport of some sort, but we do want them to start to developing a better sense of lateral movement, how their feet, how the footwork works when I do move laterally versus forward and backward. Um, how to jump. You know, the number of people that actually don't know how to jump is incredible, but you have to, so you have to start working on that stuff. Yeah. One of my favorite group warm up drills is i call it like hot medicine ball so you get in a push-up position and you have like three to five people one medicine ball and they have to push it around music stops oh, whoever yeah. touched it last so you're right it's like single arm you're getting a little bit of a twist in there but yeah those are things you can throw into that general warm-up and then also if you want to do some you know after parties or cool down type drills you can do that with you know russian twists and all that but you're right like we don't see a lot of that and it's for good reason typically you know, there, there's more injury involved. Typically, you can move less load, so there's less intensity. But that it's doesn't mean we sports, don't do it. It's typically sports-specific. Like, it, you know, I, I know it's, you know, people make fun of me because I never tie my shoes. Why like, don't you tie your shoes? Because I'm not going to do anything athletic. When I have to do something athletic, Ever. I'll tie my shoes. Ever. Did you? The, the second that I'm like, I'm going to have to do some lateral movement here and that's going to be required, then I'll tie my shoes. But I don't need to tie my shoes unless I'm setting out on a sprint. Hey, I don't Cassidy. need to tie my shoes to do double unders or jump on a box, any of that stuff. Cassidy, can you hear me? No. Does Fern tie his shoes like like uh, Sylvester Stallone and over the top? Like when he ties his shoes, is that when you know like shit's that's about to I get real? I turn, my, turn my hat around. Yeah, like, oh shit, Fern's tying his shoes, guys. <laughs> back up get ready something something athletic is about to go down here <laughs> what, um, you gotta but, get the you gotta get some velcro maybe Ooh, that's a good idea or i got i got these I'll like i can find some pumas on ebay pumas or remember the kangaroos that used to have the pockets on your shoes i don't know if you had those back then i definitely did not which is even more amazing that you didn't get made fun of as a kid you had kangaroos <laughs> with pockets on your shoes. Uh, what was the la LA Gears. LA Gears. Those or were British big. Knights. Did you ever British play British PK Knights? <laughs> PK Knights were huge back in the day. Yeah. I gotta I gotta find myself a pair of those. But now I got these laces that I threw in my shoes where 
they stretch, but they shrink enough that when you put your shoes on, they're still tight enough for most crossfit workouts. You're right. I wouldn't want to, you know, go outside in a nice storm or, you know, do some lateral movements, but they get the job done. So that's where you would put that stuff. And it typically, typically how I would gauge whether the class is entertained or not is just kind of taking stock on, are are people smiling? Are they laughing? Are they engaging with other people? Like, are they having a good time and making fun of each other? Um, Yeah, because that's, it's very hard to measure. And people that are listening, it's like, we're giving some advice, but at the same time, it has to be your personality. Do you think, do you think some people, even if they love CrossFit, even if they love helping others, are just not cut out to be a, a coach or a CrossFit coach? Absolutely. I mean, just like everybody's not cut out to be a software engineer. Like some people just don't have the skill set. Either you can't learn the technical skills it required to, to be proficient at teaching something, or you don't have the interpersonal skills to deal with people and all their stuff that they bring into the gym. Um, or you're just insanely unlikable because you're boring or you're an asshole. So then, yeah, you're probably not cut out to be a coach. Have you taken a class from someone that was doing a decent job coaching? Cause we didn't run into this really on the road during dropping in actually. And uh, our episode four came out yesterday. So do, we didn't really run into that, but have you ever been in a class where like, this guy's just really boring? Yeah. And I know Cassidy's in the room with you, so I don't, don't use names if you're going to use his name. No, I mean, I've definitely had coaches like that. Uh, I've had coaches where if you just listen to what they're saying, I'm like, that's technically correct, but I want to smash my head on this box because I'm so bored right now. Yeah. Or, or boredom can look like this. Like you're really good, but you're helping the newer athletes only. So that was where I was going to go. That was kind of the next piece of that, which is kind of sticking with the engagement theme. So I've also had another coach in the past who, uh, who was very good. So like he was technically savvy, was pretty solid at seeing and correcting movement, but he would go full tractor beam on somebody that had an issue going on and would almost be as if the other 14 people in the class just disappeared and they're completely not engaged anymore you know so if you're you're looking for some some tactical strategies in order to to be engaging one of which is like understand where the front of the classroom is so if, if you're, if people can't see you, they're immediately bored. So this is the, the discussion I have with everybody about like lines versus circles. And I'm like, I don't care, do whatever one you want, but don't set up five lines and then spend all of your time in the back line where the four lines in front of that never see you. Cause now they're not engaged, nor are they entertained. They're actually just insanely aggravated because you're, they haven't seen anything you've been doing for the past five minutes. You're not paying attention to them. So that, that entertainment piece is, is, are you engaged? It doesn't have to, it doesn't necessarily have to be there like belly laughing, you know, from these hysterical jokes you're telling, but like they should be engaged in some way, shape or form. No, that's a, that's a great point. That's, that's what it's all about. We're, we're, you know, if you're confusing entertainment with, you know, being a comedian, you're wrong. It's, can you keep 20 people engaged for an hour? So yeah, knowing where you're standing is vital to that right and and like you said be it circles be it lines so long as everyone can see you because the moment they can't see you they're not paying attention do you have any other thoughts about 
what that means in the, in the sense of being in a group class? So, yeah. And fundamentally, you going back to what I alluded to earlier, which is being prepared. It's really, really hard to be engaging if you're constantly scrambling to figure out what you're going to do next. Cause I don't have the freedom to move around and know that I need to be here by this time. I need to have this set up prior to so that I do have the time to engage with people. And this is where lesson plans come in. And this is also where the, so think about when we went on the box tour and by the time all the series are out, you know, we engage a lot with each other, but here's what I would tell you. The classes that we engaged with the coaches and the other members the most were the classes that had one workout. All the other ones was just a quick shuffle from thing to thing. And this is not bashing them, but it is highlighting the fact that if I'm going to put a lot of stuff in the hour, I do fundamentally have to take out a good majority of the engagement. We we already know that that's coaching. So the lesson plan, being prepared, knowing that I need to be here, I need to be at X by Y. These are the things that I need to pre-stage allows me to be engaging because my mind is free to think about the people that are in my class versus what the hell I'm supposed to be doing next. Can can you think of one in particular while we were on the road that really did a great job with that? I thought the two that did a great job of it, which were I pretty sure coincidentally, actually three that did one workout, Noose River, uh, TTG and Oak city. And that's where we interacted with people the most and, and from my memory, um, and obviously hammer driven, but that was a one-on-one. So that was very unique. Right. So it's, it's, you know, during that time, it's not only about the coach getting into interact, but just the members interacting. Yeah. How else are they supposed to create new relationships if there's no time to interact in the class? Like a, a huge part of CrossFit is the social interaction. And if your class has no time for that, which you can't, again, anybody who's played sports knows this, like when you go into practice, the first 10 to 15 minutes of that is kind of where like all the bullshit happens. And then we get into running plays or doing drills, but a lot of that is just banter, right? But if we skip all of that, we skip, you know, a pivotal part of the lesson plan, which is the warm up. We skip the ability to interact and maybe find some things out. You know, you, you, you forfeit that opportunity to ask that question, how you feeling? how you doing to, to get something from those people to, to give you a little bit of insight about like what they're dealing with. And then is this a day to make a joke? Is this not a day to make a joke? You know, just depending on where they're at. And that's what I think I was, I was, I was putting together a ceiling fan yesterday in the gym. We got these, we got like a a couple extra uh, big ass fans that we're installing. And I was listening to one of the coaches and she's a good coach. I, was, I, was, I wasn't even watching it. I was listening to her coach the class and it caught my attention because she was doing and interacting and using names at such a rapid rate that I was like audibly impressed. So I just pulled her to the side after the class. And I said, I don't know what that looked like, but it sounded like the best class you've ever coached. And she told me, she was like, thank you. That means a lot. But she told me, she said, the lesson plans have helped me do that. And this is not a pitch for like lesson plans. Like I think you should, because I think they're designed to do that. But this is somebody who's already under the umbrella 
And we started doing this for her. And then all of a sudden her coaching goes up four notches. Not because she can see and correct better, but because she's more organized in her mind and she can engage people at a higher frequency. Well, and it's like anything, especially with, with the programming that you're putting out there, the less your coach has to think about, the more it's, you know, I've been researching and reading a lot of just about the subconscious mind and the whole idea that we're so engaged with our phone and our computer and what's next that we never have that time away. And typically, you know, people refer to it's like, well, I had this great idea in the shower because it's your only time that you're away from your phone. And it's the same principle with coaching, right? If, if you're constantly like, okay, I got to get these people to be, I got to get them to see, I got to, you know, get them ready for this next Metcon. I got to get the equipment set up. They don't have an opportunity to just use their subconscious mind and, and talk and enjoy themselves and entertain. So yeah, be it too much going on or just be it that they don't have a clear plan, which best hour of their day programming provides. It's, know. it's one of these things where if you take the time to find things out and, and again, go back to the episode with Pat Barber about Ford, you know, um, fitness, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Like if you know four things about any, any one person and I have a plan for the class, so I'm prepared for what's about to happen. The entertainment suddenly comes very naturally, right? So think about any time we have, how many people have you evaluated at a level two who you watch their first breakout, no plan. It's a train wreck. <clears throat> we review some things. We go over the progression. I, we walk through where they should start, where they should finish, where their eyeballs should go. They coach, and subsequently, it's more entertaining. Yeah, like almost accidentally. That's my point, right? So yeah. if you're forcing it, if you're forcing it, it's it's going to be rough. But if you're prepared, then it allows you this freedom to kind of just fluidly work around the class and interact with those people and make a joke or ask a question or, you know, again, like replace entertainment with engagement and the entertainment aspect of engagement will, will happen naturally. And that's the best kind of entertainment is when it happens naturally. Well, and I can tell you, I've, I've noticed it in other aspects of my life. For example, when you and I first started doing this podcast, especially the interviews that we do, there were times where like we would get a, a, a guest on and I would just research the hell out of them. You know, the bigger, you know, not, not everyone, but the bigger guests, or maybe just someone like Chuck or Boz that we knew well. And that quickly becomes an engaging conversation because mm -hmm. I'm not thinking about, oh shit, what do I need to know about them? I know everything already. Now I can pull that from them, you know, versus I, if they were someone I couldn't find online or didn't know as much about them. And it's more just a, you know, black and white. It's a little more straightforward. So I think with anything in life, the more confident you are, the more knowledgeable you are, the easier it is to be engaging and entertaining. But really what it comes down to is the easier it is to be yourself. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a quote from Coach Glassman, which I'm not even going to attempt to say. Come on, I'm, give it a try. Would, give it a I try. would butcher it. I tell you who does say it just very eloquently is uh, Sarah Wilkinson, and she used to close a lot of seminars with this. Oh, yeah, the novice's curse, right? Well, no, so not the novice's curse, but just the, you know, the, I just remember the last the last portion of it, which is, you know, you have to be an integral part of your client's lives. And in order to do that, you not only have to be – interested interested in them but interesting to them yeah so you have to be both um and and again that takes a lot of time and it takes 
a lot of intentionality with regard to asking intentional questions in order to find out information so that you can engage this person later. Um, but I, I think in order to have that engagement, to have that entertainment, there's two fundamental things you have to have. You have to walk into a class with a plan and you have to know something about the people that are on the floor. And if you don't, then you have to find quick ways to find those things out about people. You know, there's, there, and there's a lot of quick ways to do that, whether it's things I tee up in the general warmup that's going to give me little snippets into who these people are. Are they competitive? Are they not competitive? You know, stuff like that. Do you like to complain? Like what's going on there? Um, you know, because that's, that's a scenario where, where we have to regularly entertain people at a level two setting when we, when we run a class, when we don't really know them that well, you know, we've met them like that day, we've spent maybe, maybe an hour and a half with them, you know, in a, in an intimate setting prior to getting into a class. And then the class has to be fun. Intimate and stressful setting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wildly uncomfortable. <clears throat> One last thing I want to throw on there before we wrap up is, you know, we use, we talk about the use of names and we've, we've, we've had an episode on in the past, but I've realized it myself lately because I've joined a new jujitsu school since moving to Boulder and there's nine schools and people can bounce around and I'm always meeting new people. And a lot of times I've met them before and I can't remember their names. And you and I have discussed this where I just simply go up to them and say, Hey, can you remind me your name? And it's so much. And then I repeat it. And you know, at the end of class we shake hands and I try to use everyone's name that I can remember. And that, as a coach, you can't be afraid to do that because it's going to be hard to engage with your athletes if you're not using their names. You have to use our names. I mean, there's, there's some tricks that sometimes fail. You know, you can have somebody else introduce themselves and then just be within earshot of that interaction and you can get the name. But a lot of times it's just like, hey, remind me of your name. You know, it's not weird if you met them once in passing to not remember their name. You know, it's not, I, un not unreasonable. I had, a, I had a buddy that I've become friendly with here been like three months now and i just couldn't remember his name and i it was past the point where i was like he uses my name i'm embarrassed now and i would just hang out near him after class to try to see if someone used his name and finally the other day somebody did it and i was like in my head mental note got this guy's name so did you get that association no i just got it i was like so stressed out about it that i just it's in my it's in my brain i don't want to i don't want to say it in case he's listening but just to give people an idea of how stressful the level twos can be at times, we'll, I'll regularly watch coaches coach a breakout and they will be talking to people and coaching them like very intimately and, and not using their names. I'm like, use his name. She's like, I can't remember. I'm like, he's wearing a name tag. Yeah. It's, just yeah. read it off of his shirt. <laughs> and they're like, oh, man. oh yeah. It's just like the little thing. And so this goes back to if you are not prepared, you will become completely blind to very obvious things like so-and-so is wearing a name tag and I can just read their name. You would think that would be obvious, but if I'm scrambling for the, for the progressions, if I'm scrambling to know where I'm at in my, in my timeline, suddenly I become oblivious to that fact that this all, everybody in here, there's zero reason for me to not use anybody's names because they're written on their chest. Yeah. Or it's just occupying space in your mind bandwidth that you're, you're so stressed that you're not using the name that you're forgetting to look at their knees. Yeah, and if you, if you don't think there's some degree of stress to walking into a class being unprepared with a lesson plan and don't know where you wanna be by when, then write a lesson plan and tell me how much better you feel afterwards. And 
rather than write that lesson plan, just go to SugarWad or go to Wadify, download the free sample of the best hour of their day programming, and it will be done for you. Um, we guarantee success. Is that true? Yes. I'm not going to guarantee fitness, but I do guarantee success. Yeah. You, if you don't like you it. You will run a better class in which you educate and inspire and entertain people. And that's the goal, right? So the, again, the lesson plans are written to optimize coaching, not to put more stuff in the hour. People are still going to get fit. If you, if you don't think so, go look, go back and look at a couple of our Instagram posts. And there's like, what day was that? 33 PRs deadlift day, overhead squat, 33 PRs. Yeah, and, 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 and we squat once, twice a month. And we're going to give out Cassidy's cell phone number right now in case you don't like it. So you, five, can five, reach five. Out. <laughs> so you can reach out to him directly. He responds uh, if, really and well. You, to, and if you have questions about it, when you get that free sample, just hit us up. I'm happy to, to elaborate on anything. Absolutely. All right. Well, my wife is giving me the go home signal, meaning she needs to make some coffee and I'm in her space. So, I'm going to let you deal with Cassidy. I'll deal with Roz. I also would like to tell you that this background that you have is significant upgrade from your closet. You like it better than the closet? It's much better than your closet. You like, you like it. Cassidy, you, can you see it? Yeah. Wait, I saw wait. It. It's just the living room. It's just the living room. My wife and I are house shopping right now, and it's highly stressful. Highly stressful. So we're dealing with that, but the, but the scenery is better. It's snowing out here in Boulder, Colorado. And it's, yeah, it's a little nicer than my closet. My closet here, I would use, but we get terrible cell reception in my closet. So I'm out here and I'm just taking up space. But we're going to go. Hope you've been entertained. Hope you've been engaged. If you have more topics for Fern and I to discuss, email us, day at gmail.com. DM us, best hour of their day, or give Cassidy a call at that number we provided earlier. 555-555-5555. All right, Fern, we're out of here. All right. See ya. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day. When it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are, grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram, give us a follow, like our pictures, Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.